When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by The War Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, The Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Ike, you were up at the game, watching, covering the game. Your thoughts on his performance? Um, you know what? Derek Hall is a, is a player that has a ton of pride and wants to put his mark not just on every game he plays, which is super important, but he wants to leave his mark on Auburn University on the record books. He is out there hustling. Um, you know, you've seen him this entire season. Uh, a play will have him, you know, where they'll it'll get past the line of scrimmage to the second level, and he's going to chase it down. He's just he is hunting for the ball every single game, and that was that was definitely apparent today in, in yesterday's game. He was out there trying to make sure he could make an impact on the game. He was all over the field. You love the effort and the energy that Derek Hall brings, and the leadership that he brings to that defensive line. Um, you know, there are reports coming out. Derek Hall basically was said, "I'm not going to let us lose this game." Like that was statements that he was making. He's like, I'm not going to let us lose. And so he was just going to do everything that he could possibly do to make that happen. This is a deserved player of the game for him. Um, Johnny on the spot with the interception, couple of tackles for loss, couple of, inter- um, excuse me, couple of sacks. Derek Hall bringing the effort the entire game. I loved it. Did, did we score off that interception? Yes. I think we, we did. did. Yeah, that was the we same got 14. That we That's when we got us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. B. Will, you said you had us at three. Uh, getting three tackles for loss. I think you said that, right? Uh, we made a prediction. You said at least three. We said at least three. Derek got them all by himself. So your thoughts on his performance yesterday? That's what we were waiting for from him and, and the rest of this defensive line. We had seen it in flashes. Echo Leota had had some some good play in the first couple of games, but we have not, had not seen the entire line dominate like they had at times last year. So it's good to know that they started to round back into form I'm saying start it because I want to see this continue. I want to see this continue when it's not a Missouri line that is almost as bad as our line is. I want to see it against LSU, who isn't a great team. I want them to continue this. And I I thought it was a, a matter of motivation, maybe focus, because we knew they had it in them. And so it's good to see it. It's good to have seen it. All those guys played really well yesterday, and I'm, I'm just glad that we got all those, but definitely Derek Hall. You could tell he was going to will us to it, and he did. Yeah, he absolutely did. So it's good that we got a guy like that, a senior like that, a leader like that on the line who showed up and, and when we definitely needed him. My G, thoughts about Derek Hall as well as the defense. The defense had a pretty good day yesterday for the most part, held in the 312 total yards, 14 points. Uh, two turnovers. Your thoughts overall with the performance as well as the player of the game, Mike? 
Yeah, I mean, listen, he Derek Hall is a dog, and you know Auburn will absolutely need him the rest of the season. They're going to need his leadership, his effort, his hustle. Um, ultimately, I mean, I don't think there was. I thought he was the easy choice, obviously, for this. Um, but uh, hopefully, we see more standout, more standout performances against better competition. So this wasn't a good team we played, um, and. Uh, we did get the one turnover, so it was cool to see that one turnover. You know, I guess it's just it's really hard to get. I mean, listen, kudos to Derek. You know, he's interviewed with us. You know, we appreciate his effort and his hustle. Uh, holding Missouri to 312 yards should feel like an accomplishment, I guess. It's just, man, this was, you know, picking a player of the game in this was tough. Um, I mean, I know they went with. Derek Hall, but, you know, under the circumstances, I, I really feel like Robbie Ashford could have been the player of the game here. I don't think Auburn wins without his performance. Um, this was just really – this was this was, this was was a sobering on, – on all sides. But I will say this. Uh, the defense did help Auburn win time of possession in this game, which maybe saved us. I was shocked to see that number after the game. So mm. – uh, it was good that they uh, they won in some areas, uh, lost in almost every other category, but somehow won on the scoreboard. <laughs> so good for Derek. He, him and Robbie, essentially, I think were the were the key keys to this game for Auburn. Uh, James Jordan, so appreciate the super chat. He says, "Why can we not throw more quickly developing seams and slants to mitigate this O line play? King, Brown, and Moore have proven they can get it." on one-on-one matchups thoughts on this gentleman that's i think that's i think this is the question everybody has about adapting this offense right is there a quick strike version of this that covers your line a little better but it's hard to run that again from 12 personnel with tight ends who aren't getting separation and only two receivers on the field to run this i think you have to spread them out and get get more receivers on the field yeah, I, you you can run it in twelve personnel. You just have to be a little bit more creative, like because we ran versions of this last year with Bo Nix. Um, they just have to be more inventive in the ways in which they're scheming it and calling it. I I, I think the biggest issue, and to to the question specifically, why can't we do it? I don't know the answer as to why we can't. I don't see a feasible explanation as to we cannot. Um, why haven't we? That's the better question for me. So, again, not saying that your question is bad, James. I'm saying the better question is, can we? Sure. Why aren't we? I have no clue. Yeah. Why won't they? Yeah. Why won't right. they do this? It seems pretty obvious that this this needs to happen, at least to some degree. Pro football focus, gentlemen, uh, graded our old line in terms of the play. Uh, pass pro, that actually was pretty generous. If you go check it out, run blocking, not so much. And we have one of the things going into this game that we talked about was get the ball to tank, but we saw them try to do that. And tank didn't tank wasn't really productive. He he got some carries, he got touches, but wasn't able to do much, especially with the attempts to run up the middle. Does does do we need to see something different? Given the the strength that this O line, do we need to start throwing to set up the run? Do we need to change how we approach this offense in terms of what this offensive line can do? Because it doesn't seem like running up the middle is the way to do it. 
Uh, so I don't. Here's the thing. I don't have a problem with us being persistent with the run game. I don't. Um, I have a problem with kind of the very predictable nature in which we're going to run the ball on first down. First down, the and 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 a lot of the run calls are very similar um, in nature. I don't. I don't personally, and I said this before, like Robbie Ashford under center, unless they're doing it to set up, which they did like way later in the game, set up a, you know, a, a fake handoff bootleg and then they threw it underneath to the tight end or mm-hmm. to a, a, a wide receiver. So I just don't think that we're counterpunching very effectively with how we run the ball. So you, sometimes you just kind of have to run it, right? Um, but I just think that we need to be a little more creative in the ways that we're utilizing our assets. And it just does not seem as if we're committed to having any sort of creativity or any liberty around how we're going to do it. It was just like, nope, we're just going to keep doing this. We're going to do it again. We're going to do it again. And it's like, it's not working. We might want to change that up. Nope, we're going to run it again. You guys are going to figure it out. Okay. Um, I don't know. Um, I just, I, I would like to see it. I, and I'm not saying gimmicks, right? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be gimmicky, but I just think it needs to be a little bit more creative in the way that we structure our runs that help us be able to counter off of those more effectively, where it looks like the same play, but we're doing something slightly different to throw the defense off. And I didn't see enough of that. Uh, comment here from Kenji, uh, Kenji Jones. He says, Keontae Scott and DJ James are the best corners locked down. Your thoughts on, on the corner play? Keontae, I believe, got his first start. I think DJ James is his second start. Missouri had what they called a dog on their end in the wide receiver and burden, and he only got what targeted twice. Didn't mm-hmm. get any touches. Thoughts on how our cornerbacks played? And this was a definitely a bright spot to me, but I want to hear from you guys. Yeah, yeah, I mean, these these are the guys that I've been talking about. You know, DJ, you didn't get my interception. You know, we got the W, so I can't turn it into the DJ James fan account. But, you know, I appreciate all of the effort he did uh, because they were they challenged our corners. They meaning um, our defensive staff challenged our corners to say, we're going to leave you on an island pretty much. And you're going to have to be out there and just figure it out. Right. Like and they did a really good job. I mean, the there was one bust by Keontae Scott on a slot route that um, ended up being a deep one. And then it was a great play by their receiver falling backwards um mm. that put him in a, a opportunity for but the 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 db was right there on him right like there was I, I can only recall that one time where we got beat deep and somebody wasn't in position um so absolutely kudos to those two young men for coming out and playing with a lot of tenacity Keontae scott is a difference maker in the punt game as well like he's just um He's going to, I think at some point in time, he's going to break one just because he has the mentality that says, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to make a play. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I like what he does in in run coverage. Um, He's not perfect in that. Sometimes he takes bad angles and he gets beat, leveraged, out leveraged to the outside. Um, But, you know, that's, I think as he starts to understand the speed of the game and the different angles he needs to take to be able to get to these faster running backs or wide receiver sweeps, uh, he'll get there. So I I like what I see out of both of those guys. So Mike G mentioned Robbie Ashford. Uh, Ashford went 12 of 18 for 127 yards. He also was the leading rusher in this game, 15 carries for 46 yards and a score. 
thoughts on how he did in his first uh, start. Uh, I, Mike, you kind of talked about it, uh, but B. Will, kind of let me know, what, what are your thoughts on how Robbie Ashford performed? I mean, well, the plan was obviously to run constantly, whether it was Tank or, or Robbie or Jarquez. So I'm, I'm, I'm up and down on if that's the best way to use a guy who's clearly a run threat is to give the defense exactly how they're going to play him. If you see Robbie Ashford on the field, you see how little they've let him throw up to this point. I would have so much action playing off of of the run game. I would have uh, some different alignments for him and Tank and Jarquez. And just the personnel, it it telegraphed what we were going to do. I get that sometimes you do things on purpose just to set up. Hey, how are they going to play this? Okay, so we know what to come back to. We know how to change this later. But, I mean, to Ike's point with the run game, they didn't give the offense or Robbie a, really a chance to our, – our our plan didn't give them a chance to succeed, I don't think. Um, understanding what our offensive line is, like you said a minute ago, Caesar, maybe we were throwing so much early, and the reason they tabbed T.J. Finley coming out of camp was, hey, we can't just hold up if we're just going to be a run team, so let's get the defense on their heels. Let's push them down the field a little bit. And it seems to have gotten us – some fluid in the run game because coming into this game, we were actually middle of the pack in the SEC as far as run block grades. So we created that room seemingly by throwing the ball. If you're going to have Robbie Ashford in there, you can't make it as simple as, yeah, all he's going to do is run the ball. Let's go. That's, I don't think that's the best way to use him. Now, if you want to say, maybe the coach is thinking, well, okay, he wasn't the best passer coming out of camp. That doesn't matter. (laughs) It really doesn't matter because if you're afraid to do it, the defense isn't stupid. Their defensive coordinator knows. They they watch the tape. They know that you don't want to do it or you're scared to let them throw. So they're just going to crowd the line of scrimmage. And that's all that happens. And I don't think that we can win that type of game with that type of game plan anymore. We played the worst team in the conference outside of Vanderbilt. That's the worst team in the conference on our schedule. So sure, maybe we can get away with it there, but I don't think we can get away with it going forward. I don't think they gave him a great chance to succeed, although he did kind of break loose and have some really good plays. He he does have a good connection with Corey Moore, and I was glad to see Corey Moore break out a little bit. Um, I, I want them to let Robbie do more, to install different things that let Robbie, let Robbie be less predictable. Let's the run game be less predictable because I, I just, I don't see us being able to succeed going forward if that's all they're going to do. To that point, B, and I'll ask pose this to you, Mike G. Is it reasonable at this point to expect much change with the offense? Because if we would have saw change, we would have saw it this month going into a brutal part of our schedule. Is it reasonable to suggest, even with different personnel, different situations coming up, that we can expect to see them tweak this offense to the skill set of whoever's a starting quarterback or whatever the defense is dictating? Um, I think that's going to determine Harson's legacy when this is all said and done at the end of the day is could, could you, you know, I mean, I've, clearly Eric Kiesel wasn't a first choice at offensive coordinator, right? Like no, they went out and tried to hire a couple guys and they were looking and they landed on this, but he doesn't appear up to the task. If you ask me, if if he's the one that's still calling the plays, the players are paying the price for it. Um, and it's tough. It's tough on them. It's tough to see that this line is significantly worse than last year's line. I didn't think they could get worse. But without Brahms, this line is worse. It's much worse. Um, it's worse in every way. 
uh, worse in pass pro, run block, and communication. There's no part of this that's better than last year. So it's tougher on the quarterbacks this year because they got worse. Um, and the play calling isn't covering any of it. You know, it just seems like you're asking them to do something that they can't do, just expecting that magically it's going to click and they're going to do it. And I, I don't understand that strategy unless you're going to change the people. So O-line, I get, is one of those places where it's hard to make mass substitutions. But it can't get much worse. I saw Tuberville do it in 06 or 07 where he just changed I, I everybody. I hope it up. can't get much worse. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's, this is tough. And, you know, I saw a comment here about Robbie panicking. Like, no, that's not on tape, man. What's on tape is he had to. He had to, he had to move a lot uh, to keep plays alive and for, and for us to have a bunch of negative plays. So um, it's going to be difficult moving forward, but, you know, that's what I'm going to be looking for. Now, there may have been some feeling because we moved the ball against Penn State. And this is this is the fool's goal that you get sometimes when something is partly successful um, is that, you know, hey, we just didn't execute in the second half and all this. And I'm just I don't know. It just feels like it just the game starts off pretty decent offensively. And then once teams adjust to whatever it is we're doing, there's no readjustment. There's no plan after that. Where is the plan after like, you know, this is the SEC, man. The coaches on the other side of the field. They got the same. You all got the same tape. Everybody's looking at the same tape. They're noting your. They've got analysts and they're noting your tendencies and they're noting your play calling tendencies. And if you go out there and you show the same thing every week, you have to have guys who can just bully and execute. And they don't have that right now. Feed tank is not a strategy for this team. It's not. I heard that a lot. Why Tank only had nine touches. Well, I mean, that's not really the answer for a team that can't block for him at all. He had 19 touches, and he averaged, like, what, two yards per carry? Mm. It didn't help. It doesn't help. So, like, you know, uh, Ike made a point about, you know, not necessarily, it's not that they're, it's not just feeding him. It's about how they're feeding him. You know, uh, there was one during the game, Caesar, when we were watching it, I was like, this is going to be a run up the middle. And that's exactly what they did, and then it went for nothing. And it just felt like first down play calling especially was especially bad. It was really bad. And I'm just, I don't know, man. So, you know, Brian's point about letting Robbie throw the ball, uh, after that first drive, you know, you'd have to mix it up. There's no way they were going to let, with this line, they were going to let Robbie Ashford just run all over them. Right. No SEC team is going to do that. Right. So right. you've got to do a good job mixing him in. But if you're, you know, for a guy who needs to get into a flow passing in the game, although you scored on that first drive, he was still, his arm was cold going into the second drive. Right. You called no passes. You can't win this way, man. Like, and we don't have the defense necessarily this year to hold on. So I don't know, man. Like this, this felt, I mean, this was, this felt like a worse team than San Jose State. And they're playing up and down to the competition at points, right? Like, you know, the first half against Penn State was pretty decent. They moved the ball. They didn't get in the end zone, but they moved the ball. The defense made some plays. They had a couple busts. But, you know, I, don't, I just hope maybe – I thought last week would be the thing that said, hey, this is a bad plan. Let's rip this all up. 
They don't, it doesn't seem like that was it. Now I'm like, okay, you almost lost to Missouri. They literally fumbled you the game back. This has to be the thing, right? That says, okay, this is a bad plan. Let's rip this all up. It didn't look different to me, but, you know, um, I don't, I don't know. Harson makes points about what he sees, what they're seeing in the film. And I'm not sure, like, I get it. You have to game plan to what you think they're going to do. But at, at, at some point, like, the cat is out of the bag on you and what you're doing. And teams are going to just risk it and just say, hey, let's make Robbie Ashford beat us with his arm. Robbie's going to have to do it. Yeah, that's it. When they sell out, I just didn't feel like there were enough screens and like, I don't know, man, like I just they, this this is going to be Harson. This is really what will to me is what's going to be his salvation or his undoing is. Can you abandon this thing and go a different direction? And Kisau, I don't know, you know, their relationship, it seems like they're reasonably close. But, you know, Tuberville was a hue and all, too. He still sat his ass down. Yeah. And went out and got somebody else. So, you yeah, know. I, I, my, my, my biggest concern, Mike, is the guy who I think could have helped isn't on the staff. Harson tried to get him and Zach Hill, who actually— right. It was who the coordinator was who worked with a guy who had dual threat capabilities. He's not on the staff. And, ca- and as a matter of fact, he's damaged goods. This is why he's not at Auburn. Right. Right. If you do move away from it, who's going, who's going to be implementing this? Who's going to implement this different offense that's Listen. going to be different from what we've seen? It makes sense, but if they've been practicing this all offseason to now— how do you pivot that dramatically? I listen. I think Brian Harson just needs to take over play calling duties. Yeah, yeah, for Plain sure. And simple. Brian yeah. Harson needs to call plays because he, here's and, and this I, I I talked to B Will about this a lot this weekend and I, I mean last couple of weeks. Play calling is different than than game planning, right? You can have a solid game plan but not understand the nuance of play to play, what play to call and what scenario, what personnel groupings you need to be able to do. You can have a, I don't doubt that this staff came in with a solid game plan, but on the day of the game, what play you call and what scenario, that's an art form. Yeah. And you have to just, there, some people are just, they have it. They are like, I, I don't know. They just have a different feel for when to call what plays and how they're setting up a play to to set up something else later in the game. Like they just haven't. And Harson honestly has it. He actually is a good play caller. Yeah. We can say what we want to about the results for how we executed in the game, uh, in the bowl game against Houston. The play calling wasn't the problem. There were plays that were, we had opportunities to win that Houston game had we executed That's better. That's true. Harson is a better play caller than Eric Kiesau is right now. I mean, Eric Kiesau's only called plays one other time in his entire life, I think. And But he just, there, there's an art form to it, man. And I just think that Harson needs to be like, listen, we're buddies and everything, but you help me put the game plan together, I'm going to go call the plays on Saturdays. I just, I just think that we're at that place right now. And, you know, let, letting him call the plays early in the season to see if he could do it right against the weaker opponents, I thought was a good. I don't think we're in that place anymore. Yeah, Harson yeah. needs to take the clipboard back. 
Yeah, I just don't know that you're looking at this and thinking that it's close or, you know, that you're, it's an execution thing or. Yeah, that's not, what I'm saying. Yeah, like, it's not, not execution. It's, we, yeah. You can't bang your head against this wall anymore. You have to understand we need to do something fundamentally different with how we're deploying our resources. Right. And you're fortunate to be three and one through that stretch. Right. Mm. Right. This team has won, played four games and won three of them. Just rip it up before it gets. I mean, I don't know that anything could would have been more embarrassing this year. The only thing that would have been more embarrassing this year, well, that's the most embarrassing thing that could have happened in the SEC this year is losing to Missouri in the SEC. Uh, you know, your other three non-conferences obviously would have hurt a lot more. But, man, come on, dude. I, I just, I'm, I've, I've supported this coaching staff. Um, and, you know, I support their growth as well, too. It just kills me to hear, see the players take the brunt of this. Like, listen, I get that the line is bad. Right. I do. But you, I, but you, but you have what you have. But you have what you have at this right. point, and right. you have to scheme around that. And I'm, I won't subscribe to the idea that there's not a version of a game plan that won't cover them enough that we can win games in this league. Because we've seen it. Yeah, We've not seen watching it with other teams in the past. Yeah, Texas A&M lose to Appalachian State, and and you know, all these Power Five teams losing to teams that should have significantly less talent than them. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's it's just one of those things. They just have to, they've got to do it. There's some things that you know. Again, this staff is the staff right now, and, and there's some other things internally that I'm just not ready to talk about. But you know, there is definitely something that needs to be fixed internally, and sometimes. Again, I thought last week would be the thing that did it, that would cause them to relook at all the things I just said. And um, I'm I'm ready to see it, man. I don't. The season is not like it or not. A lot of people are projecting what they think the season is going to be. But the end of the day, you're still three and one, so there's still time. You're still one and zero in the SEC, so there's still time to course correct. There's still time to course correct, man. There is. There's been, and I saw somebody in the chat just say this, and this is why it brought it to my mind about questioning how invested Brian Harson is in the success of this team. And there were points during the game yesterday where I was like, are they phoning this in right now? Like, do they even care that we're struggling? But then I saw him elated after the game that they got that win and smiling and hugging players and I saw his deme- – I, I heard – you. if you've never been – which most people just don't have the privilege to do that. If you've never been in the media room after a game, you can literally hear the locker room. Like mm-hmm. it's just on the other side of the wall. And you can hear what it sounds like in there when they're making a bunch of noise. I noticed the stark difference between the silence that there was at the Penn State game and the boisterous noise that happened. These players and coaches – want to win football games. And so we need to release our preconceived... Like, I know people want to see Harson be fiery on the sidelines and this, and it's like, oh, he doesn't... Trust me. When I say, I don't know that you can fake real emotion in that way. Mm-hmm. So, like, him embracing Robbie Ashford after the game for an extended period of time and Robbie being just happy to get his first start and win as a college quarterback mm-hmm. since he was in high school. Mm-hmm. These kids want to win, man. These kids want to win. These coaches want to win. Now, whether or not they can do the plan or the things necessary to put us in a better position, that's a different question. But we got to stop questioning pe- people's heart or yeah. questioning people's um, intent or their intensity 
when you don't have all the information necessary to make that um, assessment. Um, and so I just I, I want I, I hope that we can drop that narrative at least by viewing the totality of the picture. They want to win football games and they haven't put it together yet. Like there's no doubt that it needs to get better and get better quickly if we have a prayer to, you know, even be bowl eligible this year. But it's not because people have quit on the team.